Hello, welcome to Sonic Serial. I'm Jesse. And I'm Mark. And in this podcast, we take a deep dive into some of our favorite artists and their albums track by track. And today we continue with Bjork and her 1993 album debut, which was recorded in London. And today we're going to be talking about tracks five and six, which are uh, like Someone in Love and Big Time Sensuality. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, let's um, kick it off with track five, Like Someone in Love. Um, let's start with a bit of background as we do. Um, so this song is actually a cover, and the original was composed in 1944 by Jimmy Van Hoosen with lyrics written by Johnny Burke, and it was written for the American musical slash western Belle of the Yukon, where it was sung by Dinah Shore. Lately I find myself out gazing at stars, have you seen it? Uh, I have not seen it. Oh, me neither. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think a lot of people saw it because the song was actually popularized by Bing Crosby the following year um, and has since been considered a jazz standard. That's right. Each time I look at you I'm limp as a glove I'm feeling like someone in love. It's been sung by many artists, including Chet Baker, John Coltrane, Ella Fitzgerald, and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So the harp on this track is played by Corky Hell, who's been recording harp since the 1950s and she was initially going to turn Bjork down, but she changed her mind when uh, her stepson was like a Sugar Cubes fan, and he was like, no, you should do it. And she she's like, may not even know who Bjork was. Yeah, she, she was like, that doesn't sound <laughs> like it's going <laughs> to be my jam. But they ended up recording two songs together. Yeah, so um, they worked on two songs, and... Um, the other song was actually a cover of a, another jazz standard called I Remember You, which was released as a B-side. And then uh, when Hell finally heard the final version off the album, she was disappointed because um, she felt that the background noises, like the street sounds, were kind of ugly and it stole away from the beauty of the song. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree, but I could see that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a preference, I guess. Yeah, um, apparently when um, Bjork and Nelly Hooper were putting together the whole album, they basically sort of post decided to add the songs of um, birds and sea swells and people talking and street um, street sounds to match the atmosphere of the album. Yeah. I, mean, I guess that can be seen <clears throat> as experimental for the time, but I think it's cool. Yeah. 
sets the scene and adds imagery. Um, so the lyrics just deal with things like dreamy things like gazing at stars, hearing guitars, bumping into things, feeling limp as a glove, having wings. It's Feels like a musical, which yeah, it was written for a musical. Um, I was surprised when um, I was looking at um, the lyrics online, kind of researching comments on them, that so many people thought she wrote it mm. um, who weren't familiar with the song, and they're like, "Oh, this is such quintessential Bjork writing," and yeah. it it's um, it's not literal. It's Metaphorical. Metaphorical. <laughs> um, and it's true. If you didn't know, you wouldn't. Yeah. Like, it feels very. Yeah. New York. And I mean, she sings it in a way that it feels very honest. Yeah, that's true. The way she sings that that true. She does a good job of capturing the emotion, and she made it her own. Being ecstatic about falling in love. Yeah, she did make it her own. Um, which you have to do when you do a cover, otherwise, why bother? Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, so this video, this video, this song does not have a video because it was not released as a single. Mm -hmm. But um, growing up, as I listened to it, <laughs> uh, I always felt like it should have a video. Like, I can just see, like, I think with the background noises, it makes me feel like there's, like, someone walking down the street like they're getting off the bus and walking into their apartment building and as they do it though they're just very like dreamy and happy it's like a musical but it's like so you conceptualized a video for this as a child modern day i saw it <laughs> in my head <laughs> that's very cute and it's just like and it's all done in one shot and the camera just follows this person like around until they get into their bed and then just plop down and they're happy um there's a show, I think it's Amazon, and I forget, it's like all these stories about people in love that was from the New York Times. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, I can't remember Modern what it's called. Love? Modern Love. Yeah. And there's one with Anne Hathaway where she plays someone with, um, I don't know if she's bipolar oh, or yeah. has some kind of mental health, but yeah, she's like on a really sparkly top. Not what you're describing, but that's, when I watched that, I thought of this of this song because yeah. she's has a, she's in the sparkly top just kind of walking through Manhattan super happy because she just met this guy yeah that would um, have been a good fitting song before she you know sort of crashes into depression yeah what's next production let's talk about <laughs> production so yeah the uh, track is mostly just comprised of a solo harp which is um, I think an appropriate instrument because harps uh, uh, typically they're associated with yeah they're associated Cupid with falling in love dreaminess and, and heaven and did yeah. the did any of the originals or I should say did any of the ones from that era like the Bing Crosby one did that have harps I don't think I heard any with harps I think it's usually just like jazz instruments yeah. like pianos and mm. trumpets yeah um yeah, so as we mentioned, there was the addition of 
the city street sounds just like we have on our podcast sometimes like the sirens <laughs> and the we add horns for, for mood, yeah that's the all traffic sounds um yeah and i think the way it follows the previous track which was there's more to life than this with that's like inside of the club and she's going inside the restroom and then hmm. it ends with like these like street sounds and the harp and it they just, did say that they added them for continuity so yeah it makes me like there's no cuts in between so it like kind of feels like someone's like leaving the club in the morning and after like a night of partying and stuff and they maybe they met someone at the club or at a party and they fell in love with them and it's just that happy mm. euphoric feeling <laughs> when you've been up all night um and then as well as the, there's like you can faintly hear children laughing and talking and it, I think that gives the song like a innocent childlike quality well and also like that's who's out in the morning yeah oh yeah so it kind of yeah. emphasizes like that it's children. not like it's not nighttime anymore <laughs> yeah that's true it gives it that daytime feel um and then there's some subtle strings in the background that I think might be keyboard, but yeah, that's it. And um, what about, I guess, album context? I guess we just talked about how it, it sort of has this kind of bit of continuity from yeah, I think, the previous song. I mean, at this point, we're about halfway into the album, and it shows how it can go like anywhere, really. Um, I think... Uh, this is the first song on the album that doesn't have drums or electronics and it's the only cover on the album and um but I think it does fit in with the like the jazz elements that have been on the album. And I think it um I think like I mentioned on the last podcast, uh that there seems to be a pattern of with how the tracks go from fast to slow and from like high energy dance music to more mellow. And um, how about live performances? I know she usually changes things up, but... Um, she's only performed this... I think she's only performed this on her Unplugged show with mm. the same harpist. And then she did it again years later with... Um, the Brodsky Quartet with violins, so... So the, the harp is still played live with her even after not liking the yeah the street sounds paycheck <laughs> maybe didn't you say her son convinced her to do it <laughs> yeah so maybe her son convinced her to be on MTV Unplugged maybe that was like pretty legit at the time He's like, it was like Nirvana I won't talk to you anymore <laughs> if you don't do this um and uh I mean I know there's been I know this is a cover already, but were there any covers of, of her version? Um, if that even can be discerned? I don't think so. Mm. Uh, but the only thing I found is that um, MC, an artist by the name of MCDJ 
uh, sampled this song in this track called Put That Pussy On Me. And here it is. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, that, I mean, that was, I think we did justice to um, Someone in Love. Let's go into a much more um, popular song, Big Time Sensuality, which is track six. Yes. Um, so this song was actually inspired by Bjork meeting Nellie Hooper, her producer, and the working relationship they formed. And it was also one of the last songs written for the album. Um, and she actually intended it to be the first single off the album, but I don't know. Technicalities got in the way, I guess. What technicalities? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> Well, probably just more personalities, not technicalities. Yeah, maybe okay. uh, record label interference yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, and it was released as a single on the 22nd of November in 1993, which will be 19, wait, 29 years? Oh, yeah. Soon. Um, ago. So, yeah, echoing what you said about um, Inspired by Meeting um, Nellie Hooper, she says, um, a lot of my songs, including Big Time Sensuality, about my friends, not my lovers. It's not erotic or sensual, even if it may sound like that. As you know, you create pretty deep, full-on love relationships with friends. A lot of it is also about myself. I can be a coward a lot of the time, and there comes a moment when I write a song, when I get quite brave. It's a lot about me dealing with myself rather than attacking other people. Makes sense? Yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to <coughs> lyrics. Um, like she said, the lyrics deal with friendship, positivity, and enjoying life to the fullest. Live, laugh. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> That's, that was the working title of the song. <laughs> Um, she also said the lyrics are about having the courage to be happy and embracing all your emotions. Both the hardcore and? The gentle. Yeah. And um, then, um, another lyric that stood out to me is where she says, I don't know my future after this weekend, and I don't want to. And I think my interpretation of that is just, it's about living in the present, living in the moment, and just having a good time. We've all been there. Yeah, it's like when you're having a good time, you don't want that current moment to end. So it's like you're not thinking about the past, you're not thinking about the future. You're just, you know, just living in it. Yeah. Top scrolling. Be, be present. Be present. Um, all right, so uh, the video for this song yeah, is uh, is a big time. Yeah, it's iconic. it's a big time video. Yeah, it's big. It's iconic. I don't know. Um, so this video was directed by French photographer Stéphane Sednaoui. Um, he said no. Yeah, I think 
Don't said know me. Okay. Sorry if we got it wrong, but um, we're he, not French. <laughs> he's also done the v- videos for other artists such as Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, he did the <laughs> Give It Away video for them, um, which is where they're all like painted in silver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's also done videos for U two, Garbage, and Alanis Morissette, among others. Um, so he filmed Bjork, um, if you haven't seen the video, check it out because this will all make a lot more sense. Um, he filmed her on the back of a flatbed truck for an entire day, um, on 26th of October in 1993 as they drove through the streets of New York City. Wow. So that was just like a month before they released it. Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of a quick turnaround in my opinion. I think it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the video actually uses a remix version and not the version from the album, but um, the remix version is done by Fluke. And Why do you think that is? I don't know. Um, maybe just by coincidence. She was How do you think they're different? It sounds... More dancey? No, it sounds more... I don't know if epic's the right word, but mm. like more emotional. Yeah. Because um, the album version just sounds like comical in a way, like very light, like yeah. poppy. Does it, does it have the same vocals or did she re-record the vocals? I think I think it sounds the same. I think mm. it's the same. It's just there's more like effects in it yeah. and like more delay right. and stuff. I feel like the part <laughs> comes out. I no, don't know I how to say it. I think I've like heard. I feel like that c- comes out more. Yeah, it definitely does. Or maybe they just turned that up. And especially when you watch the video, you just see like the faces she makes when she sings along to yeah. it, and it's just. It's interesting because there's. Stands I was gonna out more. talk about this later, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, Larry Flick, um, a very well-known writer from Billboard at the time, wrote that the wiggly bass and heavy beat come to the fore here, um, unfortunately competing with Bjork's voice for lead billing, um, when her vocal really should be allowed to steal the show, and I feel like he was reviewing the album version oh, but I feel yeah. like the vocals were kind of amped up for the videos so yeah yeah maybe that was the intention to Definitely. kind of bring them more to the forefront yeah so maybe she thought mm. the same thing and yeah chose this remix version um so the story is that Bjork actually reached out to said after seeing some photos that he took of Kurt Cobain and she was impressed with how he got him to laugh and dance in a dress which she was doing a lot of in the video. Yeah. So I, I think she, maybe she just felt confident that, like, if this guy can, you know, get someone like Kurt Sour Cobain, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> to crack or, like, lighten up, yeah. and then she's like, well, then I'm, I'm game. Well, and it's Sounds not just like that. I know the photos like that. that she's talking about, and they actually feel very genuine yeah they seem, it's not like forced he doesn't it's yeah it seems like a really fun vibe and yeah. i think she wanted that for this song or video 
Um, so yeah, originally uh, said no, we wanted to shoot the video in Iceland, but realized it was gonna cost too much money, so we chose New York instead. Hmm. Um, but you actually have some information on why you chose New York. Well, I think once they chose New York and they're trying to figure out how to film it, because maybe it was before they came out with the concept. Mm. Um, but uh, he says, uh, I was stuck. I was, in a, I was in a taxi stuck in traffic midtown playing the song, and it was a perfect match. I added the idea of the flatbed truck because I lived on 331 Lafayette and watched from my windows the flatbed trucks crossing Manhattan on Houston Street. Um, and I guess that's how he came up with the concept. Mm. And I've been on Houston Street crossing Manhattan, and it's very slow. Yeah. I don't think it goes more than a few miles an hour. So, yeah. Um, it's like a main artery through the city. So, I might have been there. <laughs> I don't remember. <clears throat> um, it's a blur. But so then he um, took her, and they actually drove the path first in a car. Oh. Um, and then. Like during the video, they just blasted the songs on speakers from the flatbed truck. Because you were saying that a lot of cops stopped them? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess they were doing it kind of guerrilla style without a, a permit. And um, I was wondering why cops stopped them. And then I read that they were actually blasting the song on oh, big like, speakers from the truck. Yeah. So it wasn't like she was just, you know, voicing it to a low version. Kind of disturbing were, the peace. Which kind of makes sense because... If you think about trying to be genuine when you're, you know, kind of mouthing, when you're, what do you call that mouthing? When you're... Lip syncing. Lip syncing. Um, imagine if it was just like a little a little speaker by your feet. Big time, Like, that'd probably be hard to get that emotion. Yeah. But if it's really, if or it's actually would, blasting. Like, if they told her to put on some headphones or yeah. something. <laughs> But if it's actually blasting, then you probably can get a lot more into it. Yeah, yeah, true. It's Which, like being at a live show or a club. Yeah, but it probably drew a lot more attention. Well, they said people were dancing on the streets as they went by. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't know. Though. They I, probably stopped them more for the, the loudness than for the filming uh, <laughs> on the flatbed. I just thought like stuff like that in New York is, doesn't really phase people. <clears throat> they got bigger fish to fry there. Um, but yeah, so they said, so he said that, um, as they drove through the streets that people were dancing on the sidewalks. Um, so that must've been loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but cool because they were listening to a song that had not yet been released. Yeah. Um, and they also apparently filmed a, a bunch of versions of this. So initially they had a bunch of, um, like young folks from the East village up on the truck dancing. Um, and they performed one by one on the truck, but at the end, um, he decided to cut it from the video because he said that Bjork's solo performance exceeded his expectations. Um, he said, we had so much footage that the editor and I ended up making three different versions just with her. Um, and the editor was Craig Wood. Mm. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, there's also a, a night version, which c could be found on YouTube. Oh, but is it better? Right. No, it's just yeah, different, different and hmm. darker. <laughs> I think yeah, the day version is much more fitting. Um, and 
Yeah, I think the last thing is that um, he says that uh, he's he had met Bjork and has known her and really liked kind of that raw sort of version of her when she's on the truck without all these layers of yeah. costume and makeup and all right. the stuff that, um, yeah. Yeah, they actually went on to date, I think, after. Oh. And for a while. So it formed a romantic relationship. Hmm. And, I guess. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of interesting because the song is about, like, forming oh, yeah. relationship. Um, but yeah, she wrote a song about him, but we'll talk about that later. What song? <laughs> Possibly, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think he was married at the time. Oh, scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I if someone he, wants to fact check this. He dated Kylie Minogue too, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, look that up. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about production. Yeah. Um, the, the so meat. the album version, um, it's just it. Like I was saying, it's light and poppy, and it's similar to uh, the other dance tracks we've heard so far, like "Crying" and "There's More to Life Than This." And would you call um, derivative? What did you say? Pop? Uh, pop? No. The last, yeah, the last podcast you said that they were. Fluffy? Throwaway? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, generic. Generic. It's very 90s. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, so it's... For the time, it wasn't, though. Now it sounds generic uh, because so many people... I don't know. I guess, yeah, you could say it's fashionable and edgy for the yeah. time. What's that song that we've been hearing everywhere? Oh, um... I'm Blue. <laughs> dama dee dama day. For some reason, uh, in in it's been 2022, 23, we go. that song by, mm. who makes that song? Eiffel's Eiffel 66. 65. 65. I don't know. Um, it's, there's been like 20 different versions of it playing. Yeah. Like, walking down the street. In a restaurant. In a restaurant. In a bar. In an elevator. In the gyms. In the gyms. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you hear stuff like that, but I'm sure that was somewhat inspired by, you know, like if you think about yeah when it came out, um, oh, like, yeah. And then when we were watching the video just recently, you said it reminded you of Madonna's yes. Ray of Light video. Man, it never hit me before. Not just the, the melody, the, what do you call it, the like beat? Yeah, the like tempo. Not just the tempo and the beat sounds like, listen to these two songs together. Listen and to synth sounds, the way yeah, it sounds. Yeah, synth sounds. Listen to Big Time Sensuality and then Ray of Light. And even though Ray of Light was, I think, a great song and it was heralded as, people still say it's like the best of Madonna. Yeah. Um, working with William Morbid and kind of, that it was this fresh new sound and et cetera. When you, this song came out, what, like? 93. Yeah, so. And then Ray of Light, I think, I'm gonna say 97, eight? 98, yeah. Um, it sounds so much like it and even weirder or even more sort of um, 
to Bjork's credit, in the video, Bjork on the truck is like doing these kind of like kind of dance moves with her hands. Yeah. And it's also glitchy. And then you have the like <clears throat> slow motion. Yeah, there's like speed kind up. of yeah. And going through the city. Madonna does the same exact hand motions and kind of yeah. kind of glitchy sped up kind of thing. Watch them both and and um tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean we Or don't sh- tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You'll see I'm not wrong. But um I was so surprised because until just earlier today, I was sort of rewatched the video with a fresh sort of in the with the the thought of doing this podcast, just trying to look at it from a fresh open mind because I've seen yeah. the video and heard the song a million times. Um, it just hit me. Yeah. yeah. And they even worked together. Yeah. Yeah. Like right after she did this album. Yeah. And same producer. And... So, hmm. 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 Um, I mean, no, you know, I, I get inspiration is no shade. <laughs> no shade. No, lots of tea, but no shit. <laughs> uh, I get that inspiration, you know, is is as old as time. Yeah. Um, in art and music and culture and science and everything. What but do they say about imitation flattery? Just that imitation <laughs> is the <laughs> imitation <laughs> is the highest source of flattery. Mm. Um. Yeah, but it's also a fine line between imitation and, and appropriation. Right. All right. Um, sorry for that tangent. Uh, production. Yeah. So uh, it's just mostly keyboard, some organ sounds, sax sounds, and synth sounds. More saxophone, your favorite instrument. Yeah. And he doesn't like sax. <laughs> Wait, sax. He doesn't like sax. Saxophone. Saxophone. Um, <clears throat> you can ask him if he likes it. Just, just when it's on like pop and dance music, I, I can appreciate it. Like, yeah. Where, I don't know, it sounds, I don't know. Again, you have to think of it from a historical precedent. Like when Duran Duran used sax in the 80s. Yeah, I guess it, it, was, it was the 80s and 90s thing. It was, but it was also like, you know, t- Taking it was considered subversive at the time. Mm. It was considered, for lack of a better way to put it, punk. You know, yeah. like you had sax, which is considered very jazz, and then it's being used in like this new wave music that, you know, jazz lovers probably would have turned their nose at. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah. Um, okay. So nothing to write home about. <laughs> Whoa. What the production is nothing to write home about. Yeah. All right. Um, I would say otherwise, but. We can battle that out later. Um, okay, so, yeah. Um, as far as energy levels and pace, this is kind of on par with human behavior and violently happy <clears throat> on the album, which it's. I, I like that it sort of, there's like these kind of peaks yeah. to the album and then you've got this, these other songs. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, maybe that, I don't know if that was like a conscious thing on her part because it feels... When I think very about balanced. It, when I think about it, or it could be like an Icelandic thing of how they have like extreme weather and like that's deep. <laughs> like they have like seasonal like daylight and then yeah. night in the winter and I don't know. 
I think we covered this already. She said that um, that she liked to have um, these kind of ups and downs in the album, so yeah. that you could kind of go on a journey. Yeah, and it wouldn't if you lumped all of the fast songs together, it would feel like yeah. And just after listening to, I think she's on her tenth album now. Um, but like all her work, she's done yeah. like. A lot of quiet songs and a lot of oh yeah, we talked about this. It's like an, it's like if you had a movie songs. where all of the action was in the first forty five minutes, and yeah. then the second half was, you know, all quiet, or the other way around. Um, it would probably be more difficult for the viewer. <laughs> yeah, true. Because because life is like ups and downs. Variety. You know? It's the spice of life. Spice. Girls <laughs> of life. Um, all right. Live performances. This song has been performed many times live, mm-hmm. um, including Jay Leno. But where else? Um, uh, it, yeah, she she's performed this song on her first and second tour, and she hasn't performed it since... Um, <laughs> And she performed it, at one notable performance is when she performed it at the MTV Awards with Fluke, who did the remix, and she was wearing a really big red dress. I knew and, that. And I watched that live. And, oh. Not there, but on TV. Yeah. And then um, my personal favorite performance is... Um, the performance she did with Plaid, which is a remix, but um, it kind of really shows like the drum and bass influence that she was in at the time. And the other interesting aspects um, about the Yes, uh, this song was featured in the comedy cult film Tank Girl, um, and during a scene where um, Tank Girl is going undercover <laughs> and impersonating a fashion photographer. This is a restricted area. I know you're not talking to me like this. Obviously, you didn't get the memo. What memo? Darling, we are doing a Men of Water and Power calendar. Oh. And I think you would be the perfect supermodel cover oh that was interesting um and then uh also speaking of film uh, a clip of the music video is seen in vanilla sky um during this uh lucid dream scene to show one of the happy thoughts to program your afterlife with have you seen that movie i have yeah have you yes yeah um, <laughs> just a little snippet. Yeah. And then, uh, the music video also spawned several parodies of Bjork, including my favorite, um, Alex Borstein's impression of her on Mad TV. One leg is Easter, one leg is Christmas. You come and visit me in between the holidays. She does a good girl. Yeah. I wish she she should have done Bjork on Maisel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too separate. It's like just Eras. or she should just play like a different character. No, it'd be like Time Machine. Kind yeah. Of thing. Okay, and 
until her, this is shocking to me, until, until her 2007 song, Earth Intruders, um, which peaked at number 84, this had been her highest hit, um, her biggest hit in the U.S. Um, at 93. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. I think, I don't know if it was because she shot the video in U.S. Yeah. And in New York, it's such a... Iconic. Iconic <laughs> setting, <laughs> and uh, it just resonated with the American people. And plus, there's a yeah, a lot of remixes, but we'll yeah. talk about that. Um, it was also nominated uh, in the best song category at the 1994 MTV Europe um, Music Awards, um, but it lost to a song called Seven Seconds um, by Yusu Endure and Nene Cherry, um, which I loved, but um, I don't know. I think this song deserved it. I think that song is also directed by the same video director. Huh. Yeah, crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, speaking of crazy stuff, let's talk about um, our personal experiences with this song. I really don't have any. Just it, it would be really cool to like. I think just learning about how she was like dancing on a truck in New York City and moving around. It just seems fun to do. I think that would be fun to do in any city. Maybe. <laughs> well, you're going to Montreal. You should. You should. <laughs> yeah. Minus thirteen degrees. You should. Yeah. Give it a try. Um, my personal experience. Other than it's just one of those songs that, like, you're, you're like, I mean, in some ways, I'm, I kind of feel like stop trying to make me so happy, you know, because it's so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like poppy, happy, kind of, mm. like, be <laughs> happy. So you feel like she was, like, one of those, like, people on the street that's like, hey, you should smile more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's not her intention, but obviously, but yeah, it's just one of those songs where I almost feel guilty for not being in a better mood oh, when I hear it. Yeah. Like, I, but, you know, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because, you know... I'm alive. Yeah. I got my 10 toes and 10 <laughs> fingers and <laughs> right. And uh and there's a beautiful view as I look out the window like what more? What yeah. more do I want? The steep. The steep. Okay. Um covers and remixes. Uh yeah, so this song has uh several remixes um and a lot of covers. And a lot of covers, and it's uh, been remixed by Fluke, Don T, Justin Robertson, David Morales, who apparently there's some degrees of separation uh-huh. there, and uh, Plaid. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, if you go to YouTube, you'll see a bazillion acoustic and yeah. you know, whatever covers. I don't know why this song is... I think because... Because um, of the... Oh, is that... You think that's difficult for people to do? No, but I think... I think it's easier, actually, than like... Uh, you know, like doing the like... Yeah. 
the the Mariah run. I mean, maybe people just feel that it's so unique to her that they don't want to like step on. No, her. no, but they try to do that. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's it's a it's a very, um, very heavily covered song. Yeah, and we just found like a really cool. Was it a cover or a remix on um, SoundCloud? It's a cover. By, um... Valentin Gonzalez. Valentin Gonzalez? <laughs> I think just because... Hold on, I'm going to have to... Valentin. <laughs> Valentin. Yes, Valentin Gonzalez. Valentin Gonzalez. Big Time Centrality. Shout Your out cover. to Valentin Gonzalez. Shout out to Valentin. Check it out. Um, he's on Spotify. He or she, he's on Spotify. They. They. Boy. They're on Spotify. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite covers of, of this song. There's many. Yeah. You got anything else? No, I don't. Um, until next time. Yeah, I'm thanks for tuning in. To the um, next show. Next episode, we will discuss track seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. Three. It's a triple thread. <laughs> oh, a triple thread. A <laughs> uh, triple crown. Um, and what songs are those? That is One Day, Aeroplane, and Come to Me. And then what's... Yeah, that's... And then we're halfway done. So thank you for sticking around on this journey. <laughs> we're almost done. <laughs> Um, we don't know what album we're gonna do next. No, we'll figure that out. Between this and, and the... we don't know what album we're gonna do next, and we don't want to. Oh, we don't. <laughs> okay. We don't know our future after this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.